Hey, I told you to move the beans. All you have to do is move it. Move the beans. Hey, move the beans. M-O-V-E. This is the Move the Beans podcast. Stories of ordinary habits that have extraordinary results. Here's your host, Dan Abatacola. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Move the Beans podcast. Stories of ordinary habits that have extra ordinary results. We are in episode 31, a Sunday morning podcast to kind of keep us engaged with God's word as we are in this time of coronavirus suspension of a lot of things. So I'm glad that you're tracking with me uh, through this series entitled Peace. And we're going to be wrapping it up actually this morning. We have a special guest joining us in a little bit here in the podcast, but we want to kind of wrap up this idea of peace as we move into another series starting next Sunday, but we want to kind of capsulate what we're talking about peace this week so we can kind of move forward and not only have hope in Christ, but also have that peace that comes with that hope and that trust and belief we have in Jesus Christ. So it all started on Easter Sunday morning a few weeks ago where we said that hope actually comes in the person of Jesus Christ, what he did on our behalf, which is dying a cross, was dead and buried, rose again on the third day. If we put our trust and our faith in him, not only do we get forgiveness of sins, a full life here on earth, but a life in eternity in heaven with him forever. And that's our hope. And with that hope comes peace. So that when we put our head on the pillow at night, we're able to know that everything's going to be okay. Even though our circumstances might seem rough and uncertain and full of anxiety, we know that God has our best interests in mind. And in that relationship we have with Christ, we are now right with God. And we can be secure in that and move forward and have some sort of peace. And that could be played out in the way we live our lives. And so today I want to talk about this idea of peace versus worry. Peace versus worry, because it is kind of the opposite worry is of peace. And so if we're not living in peace, we are probably living in worry and full of anxiety. And I've talked to a lot of people who are anxious and live with a lot of worry of late. And worry, I found out over the last couple of weeks, has a really huge impact on who we are as people, physically, mentally. Let me me read you this. Chronic worry and emotional stress can trigger a host of health problems. It actually impacts us physically. The problem occurs when fight or flight is triggered daily by excessive worrying or anxiety. The fight or flight response causes the body's sympathetic nervous system to release stress hormones such as Cortisol. Now, cortisol is a stress hormone that helps us manage stress on a daily basis or a moment by moment basis. And I also read that if you are concentrating on one certain topic that is giving you a high level of anxiety or worry, that one topic, when it's brought up, can lead to certain behaviors that maybe are uncharacteristic of your personality, which I thought was really interesting because I think I see that a lot, maybe in myself, but also I see that in culture a lot. Like, for example, if you are an animal rights person and you see an animal or a dog being abused, you know, you see that on social media a lot. And I see a lot of people kind of really, you know, expressing their anger and their disappointment in the fact that that dog is being abused because what happened is they're worrying, they're anxious about dogs being treated properly, you know? And so when they see that not happening, that topic 
triggers them to act in such a way you either fight or you get out of there. And so if that topic is close to your heart, if it's something that you love or hold dear to, you might behave in such a way that goes contrary to your personality at times. Now, I do some social media, social experiments uh, every once in a while. I, I tell the folks that Pursue Church that I kind of do this. And every once in a while, I want to post like a verse and I'll, I'll make a nice background or I'll just post a verse from God's word on Facebook, let's say. And I'll just throw it up there and I'll, I'll kind of see what kind of hit it gets, you know? So a lot of my friends, I'm, I'm pretty popular on Facebook. I have like a hundred friends or so. And so when I post a verse from the Bible, I get some likes, you know, I get some interest in it, but nothing too crazy. That kind of tells me that, you know, maybe if these studies are correct, it's just, you know, it's just a certain thing that people see. They're not really deeply connected to it possibly, but it's just something that doesn't engage with them at a heart level. So there's no emotion tied to it. And so when I throw out a verse, typically what I do right after that, I'm giving you a little bit of secret of Dan of Atticola and what I do. I'll post a picture of my daughter, Grace, who's five years old, and she's really adorable, sweet little girl. Or if I really want to go crazy, I'll post a picture of my daughter, Grace, and my dog, Charlotte, together. Now, that picture will get, you know, 10 times the looks and the likes and the loves that a Bible verse will. And I do that just to kind of gauge who's watching, who's checking out what I'm posting. And what happens after I post a certain type of picture or a certain writing that that I post on Facebook? Now, I did this recently last week when it comes to the coronavirus topic because I think people are very emotional about it. I did two things on my Facebook page. Uh, One, I posted just a simple statement. It wasn't political. It could be very polarizing for some people. Either they loved it or you know, they were very against it. And so I posted that. And then I posted something where I just shared something. It was a doctor's opinion, a real medical doctor. I just shared that. And I also got some reaction out of that. And so it was pretty interesting to see this hot topic that people are really worried about, very anxious about, kind of respond in such a way where maybe perhaps it was either this this fight mode, you know, it was like fight on either side. It was like, I'm very against this or I'm very for this statement. I saw both sides. Actually, truth be told, I lost four Facebook friends because I made that post. And for someone like me, who's, you know, not that popular or cool, four is a big deal when you're counting numbers, which I do. So I lost four Facebook friends with that statement. And um, like I said, it wasn't highly offensive. It was just very, very poignant about this topic and the coronavirus. Pretty interesting. Then the article uh, that I posted from a real medical doctor got some response uh, from people in the medical field, which I thought too. So it, it it was pretty interesting to see how if you are worried about something or anxious or that topic is fresh on your mind and it's it's the focus or the main attention of your day and something goes with it like a statement or goes against what you feel, how people react in such a way. So I thought it was, I thought it was pretty interesting, my little makeshift social experiment 
that maybe there's a few of people out there who, who don't like me anymore for doing it. But it, it was really interesting to see the sides that people picked. And so when we're talking about peace, which is the opposite of worry, right? We're, we want to concentrate on having peace that comes from Christ. But worry kind of gets in the way. And when worry gets in the way, it, it kind of makes us a different person because our attention is distracted. And the Bible actually says that worry is sin. Worry is sin. Now, most of us don't believe that, right? And, and even if we do, it, it can seem kind of impossible to quit worrying at times. For some of us, it, it seems like a normal part of life, especially lately, right? There are other sins in life that have clear practical steps that can be taken. For example, if you struggle with drinking too much, don't keep liquor in the house, right? Don't ever go to a bar or a place that serves alcohol. If you struggle with too much drinking, then you want to take practical steps. Those are clear steps that will make a radical difference in the life of someone who struggles with alcohol. But with worry, this, the steps don't always seem that clear and, and easy because there's no switch in our mind and our heart that we can simply flip and say, stop worrying. We can't hit that setting. That's not the case. Well, well why? Because worry is more complex. It's more of a complex issue than any other sin, but still God's word does have something to say about our worry. But often, instead of leaning into God, we actually play God, right? Now, now don't get me wrong. There certainly is a right way to be concerned for people and events. And, and when I did my social experiment on Facebook last week, I saw people who were generally concerned about the situation at hand and the little topic that I brought up within this major situation that we're experiencing in our country. A lot of people were like right in the middle of the road, very, very respectful, very cautious of their words, very loving and kind. And then there was people on either end of the spectrum that were not so much. And so that's how kind of people kind of react. And, and there's certainly, again, there's a right way to be concerned for people and events. But we cross the line into sinful worry when we begin to think or feel that it's up to us to guarantee a good result or to change things, right? We, we cross the line into sinful worry. Now, here, here's the focus. Obedience is our responsibility. Results are God's responsibility. When, when we take and start to take the responsibility uh, for a certain set of results off of God's back and place them onto ours, we are then worrying in a way that actually causes us to sin. In one sense, when we worry, we are trying to play God or at least momentarily do his job, right? And, and if you've done that over and over again in your life, in different areas, you know that's not a great way to do things. And that will never work. Why? Because your soul is not strong enough to bear the weight of running the universe or even one small corner of the universe, right? To worry is to have a conversation with yourself about something you can't do anything about. Really, that, that's the real reality of it. To worry is to have a conversation with yourself about something you can't do anything about, right? And after we've done all that and all we can, all that we can do is be faithful, right? We should go to bed and just rest, right? That's, that's what we should do because worry puts us off into another sphere of doing things and living life in such a way that we should not 
be doing. And yet often we lie awake, sweating and worrying about what will happen next, right? And so our souls are not strong enough to play God, right? To worry is to have a conversation with yourself about something that we cannot control or do anything most likely. And yet we often lie awake worrying about what will happen next, replaying the hypothetical situations in our mind over and over and over again of what might happen and how bad it might be. Last week in our podcast on Sunday morning, I shared a very familiar passage out of Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven. It says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And here's the promise and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We talked about this idea of prayer. God's word commands us not to worry about anything. Instead, we are to pray. That seems too simple-minded for some of us, we might think. But in reality, Paul is telling us exactly how to combat worry. If worry is a conversation we have with ourselves about something we can't do anything about, then prayer is a conversation we have with God about something he can do everything about. You see the difference? And so our attention switches from the worry or the situation where we act out and we actually become physically sick or act in a different way. And it switches over to a conversation with a loving heavenly father that can actually do something about the situation that we're concerned about. So Are you focusing on what God can do or solving the situation yourself? Maybe, maybe it's the second part. Maybe that's why we worry and our, and our, our control of our lives are kind of like out of control. We want more control. So, so what's your attention? Is it God or is that on your worry? Is it on your worry? So if attention is the new form of worship, right? If attention is the new form of worship, What has yours today? What is yours today? What has your attention? Is it the things you worry about? That one particular thing you're worrying about? Or is it God? Is God actually the focal point of your day? And when you make God the focal point of your prey, guess what? You're going to lean into him and gravitate towards him and pursue him in the things that you say, in the things that you do, and how you behave because you understand that you don't need to worry or have anxiety about that issue that's bothering you because there's a God that has your best interest in mind and is able to take care of the issue that you are so concerned about, that you are so worried about, that you are so fearful about, that you have anxiety about. To kind of lend into this topic a little bit deeper and just to have a conversation, I invited Episode 11 guest, Wayne Kuna. If you remember Wayne from that episode, Wayne was a toy maker. He's a pastor, church leader. He served as an adjunct professor. Now he's president uh, at Soul Priority, which helps men and women uh, get God's perspective on work and on leadership and in culture. Hey, Wayne, thanks for uh, joining us today. How are you doing today, sir? Yeah, I'm doing really good, Dan. It's good to be with you. Yeah, so first of all, how are... uh, you and Candy and the rest of the family doing? The whole family is doing well. We're really thankful. Everybody's uh, healthy. Healthy and good in the pandemic. Everybody adjusting because I know you have a lot of little uh, grandkids running around. So everybody adjusting to the stay-at-home shelter stuff. And 
Yeah, we've kind of pretty much sheltered in place with our daughter and her family. So we've had the kids here and, you know, with her doing the homeschooling now, it's uh, we're having to pitch in. So. Oh, so now you're like a administrator, history teacher, math teacher. The, the grandpa that's on the on the on the lamb trying to hide from the grandkids. <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully you got a big enough house where you can hide some. So, uh, Wayne, uh, you're joining us uh, as we are in week three of kind of a little uh, podcast series called uh, uh, Peace, and we've just been kind of talking about the elements of peace and what brings peace, and ultimately a relationship with Christ. Um, not only does he bring you hope, but with hope comes peace of knowing that the God of the universe who loves you and cares for you sent his son. And, and in that relationship with his son, you, you not only get a forgiveness of sins, eternity in heaven, but a full life here on earth. And then with that full life comes some things that enters into that relationship. And we, and we believe that's hope and peace. And so we've been kind of hanging out with this idea of peace. And this week is I wanted you to come on talking about this idea of peace versus worry, because you're probably experiencing it uh, also. People are worried these days. People have a high anxiety level and they're just, they're just not living a normal life because there is no peace and they find themselves worrying a lot. So I guess when I think of you and I was thinking about like, hey, who could I get uh, on this week's podcast? When I was thinking about having you on, you never really strike me as a worry wart. I mean, is that pretty, pretty accurate? Well, you know, actually, um, I'm pretty much a, the cup's half empty type of guy. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually thinking about a lot of things and I kind of uh, have a bravado and uh, a kind of a fun attitude out front. But um, yeah, there's things that worry me. There's things that concern me, but uh, hopefully nothing that steers me into the curb. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so like, I know you, you are a fun guy to kind of hang out with. You're always kind of joking around, but you also get obviously serious too, which all the different kind of hats that you wear. So like you don't find yourself even in this moment of, of our season of our life and our world, you don't find yourself kind of ruled by anxiety or worry about what's happening or what's going on or the fact that life is a little bit different. Yeah. You know, like I think if, I'm not too worried about the whole death thing, you know, with the coronavirus. I am concerned about what it would look like to die because it seems like a pretty nasty thing to have sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, it's, you know, my life, it's been written. All the pages are there. God knows the number of my days, the number of the hairs on my head. And and uh, there's less days and there's less hairs on my head. So it's less for him to know. That's a, that's a typical Wayne Kuna answer. If I had to write one down and kind of guess, that's, that's beautiful. That's awesome. So I'm sure like over your pastoral ministry career or even when you were doing a little uh, adjunct uh, teaching and, but even as a, a busy uh, professional and running your own business and in that relationship with Christ, you know, how have you dealt with people who are kind of anxiety ridden or just kind of worry warts in general? How, how did you kind of navigate through that being a leader? Yeah. You know, um, as a pastor, you know, I've, I've had people come to me and then of course, as a business person, you're always worried about, you know, making the next month's wages and, and a payroll. You know, I was on a very speculative business. You know, we created new products. So from the time an idea actually was accepted by a company to the time that it actually began making some kind of money, uh, it was about 18 months. So there was a lot to be concerned there. And I just remember praying 
Yeah, every day I, I begin work. We would pray with my partners and, uh, and even after almost, I wouldn't say every evening, but a lot of evenings, I was the last one to close the doors to leave the business. And I would just turn around, look at the studio and I just give God thanks for having it today. So that's mm. all I knew I had. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of things that, uh, you know, whether it's myself or other people, you know, I, I had, you know, some things that I would do to try and, and just take the cares that I had, the worries I had, and just say, here, Jesus, you take care of them. You know, you know what it's all about. You know where this is all headed. Try to let him do the heavy lifting, which is hard, you know, because you want yeah. to do a tug of war. I mean, you know, here's, here's my worries, God. Oh, wait a second. I want to worry some more. Yeah. You know, so yeah. It's like, you know, it's hard to do it. You know, I think of, um, there was a man that came to me while I was a pastor, and he was in a very disputed divorce litigation, and uh, his wife was leaving him. She had found somebody else she loved, and and he really wanted to keep uh, custody of his children, and she was, uh, of course, fighting for the custody of her kids, too, and he was he was constantly being beset by lies by her. I mean, there were just terrible things, you know, and he felt terrible about it. You know, they were in the courtroom and the judge was listening to all these things. And, you know, I I said, you know, that in the Psalms, King David went through times where people were accusing him of things that he felt were wrong, too. And what he asked for is he asked for God to hide him in the cleft of the rock. And he also asked that if people were actually setting traps for him, that they would actually fall into the trap. So I said, you know, let's, of course, pray that, that your wife reconsiders everything. But if not, you know, I'm gonna, let's pray that he hides you in the cleft of the rock. And then if she is actually setting a trap for you, what are you talking about? She gets caught. And, you know, we prayed like that for a couple of months. This went on. One day he called me up and he said, Wayne, you can't believe what's happened. I said, what happened? She got <laughs> caught in a lie. And, and the judge went back through the case and saw how she had consistently been lying about things that she was saying about her, you know, her former husband. And hmm. uh, because of that, you know, he was he was actually awarded custody. Uh, of his oh, children, wow. Which, you know, was a blessing to him. And he was really a sweet man. Um, but, you know, it was, it, was, it was a very painful thing. It was a very frightening thing for him. So, you know, working with a, a past as a pastoral role caring, you know, that's kind of one story for me personally, Dan, you know, this, that, you know, shortly after leaving the pastorate, my daughter had her first uh, baby, little baby yeah. boy. And within two months, she just began getting weaker and in more pain. And before you knew it, she was fighting for her life. She had developed some rare autoimmune disease that was killing her. Let me let me pause right there, uh, Wayne, yeah. because uh, we talked about that on the first time you visited the podcast in episode oh, eleven. Wow. So, okay. so for the listeners out there, if you haven't listened to Wayne's episode, episode eleven, he kind of gets into a little bit more detail of this situation he's talking about. And so, kind of, if you listen to that, it kind of give you a little bit more background of what Wayne is talking about here. So, go go ahead, Wayne. Yeah. So, anyway, she's in this very grave state. I'm just don't know what to do. This, this is my little baby girl, you know, and, and I'm praying and praying and I'm fasting and praying. And, you know, we talked about what fear does to you and how it makes you think and process things. And 
fear didn't take away from me my belief in God, didn't take away from me, you know, that he was sovereign and all powerful and could heal her. But what I started thinking was that God was no longer good. He wasn't merciful. At least he hmm. wasn't for me. Yeah. And, and I'm sure a lot of parents go through that. And it was really difficult. I, you know, I literally prayed myself out. And uh, God sent a guy to come and I just met. He came over to the ICU and, and he knelt down or sat down in the empty room that was next to my daughter's. He stood there for three and a half hours praying. Hmm. And, uh, you know, God just stepped in and brought someone to pray for all of us because we were just so consumed with what was, what, what was happening. But fear has a tendency to distort and twist the truth you know, because hmm. you start to reconfigure it to fit your pain or your doubts or hurts, you know. But what it showed me was uh, a, a couple of things. One is that what really helped me is that I really realized God's presence. I didn't ask for this man to come. He was a brand new uh, person to, to my network. I just had recently met him like less than a month before this had all happened. And I just had a very strong sense of, of Christ's presence. Hmm. And also my wife's presence. You know, whether it's in the workplace and I was going through difficult things, or as a pastor who we went through difficult things, or you know, the situation with our daughter, it was just great to know I wasn't alone. Fear wants to make you think you're alone, like you're the only one going through this. Or even though other people know about it, they can't do anything. So it's you're on your own, you know. And, and well, that's just not the case with God. He's with you. He says that he took our griefs and our sorrows with him to the cross. So not only did he die for my sin, he died also for the consequences of sin, which includes mm. disease and hurts and you know, divorces and terrible things. So that was the first thing. The second thing is um, I had to realize that God allowed it to happen, that God is ultimately in control. Nothing happens that surprises him. Hmm. You know, we don't get to a place in our lives where all of a sudden God goes, oh, my gosh, I didn't see that coming. He knows it's coming. He knows what's going to happen. And, and, he's, and part of his identity as a God is redeeming God. And he takes some of the most painful, fearful things in our lives, and he redeems them to not only give him glory, but to make us through the valley, you know? Yeah. I, I went down to, to uh, Burlington, Mississippi after Katrina, and we helped rebuild a, an African-American church down there. And the pastor kindly asked me to do a, some kind of a Wednesday night sermonette study, and I did Psalm 23. And after it was all over, he said, did you hear what the pastor said? He said, the <laughs> Lord takes you through the valley, through the valley, not into the valley, but through the valley in the shadow, you know? And I know I didn't say that, but I was like, yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> and, you know, God is sovereign. You know, he knows it's coming and he's going to take us through. You know, the, the third thing that I think that's really important in, in dealing with uh, fear so that it brings peace to you is prayer. Yeah. You know, just to pray, just to say, God, I need to have you listen to where my hurts are right now. And, I, and this is what's hurting me. And this is how it's hurting me. And, and I need you right now just to begin talking with them. And I, I mean, I really can't explain it. Sometimes there's felt words. Sometimes there's just a sense of peace. I mean, just like, I mean, like the word says, you know, uh, it says, be anxious for nothing. 
but in all things with prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God that surpasses understanding regards your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. I love that. I yeah, love where it says it will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. What I don't like about it is that it doesn't say, and I'm going to answer your prayer. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. He doesn't give us what we want. He gives us what we need. Amen. You can you yeah. write a book on that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, I, I knew at some point you, you were going to turn right back into this idea of prayer because this is kind of like the the underlying theme of the last few weeks here, this podcast, the Sunday morning podcast has been this idea of if you want hope, if you want peace, if you live in fear, if you are gripped with anxiety, if you have too much worry, the foundation of finding that hope and finding that peace is in prayer. And I just read that passage that you read, and I knew that we would connect on that level because I just know you and your heart and the fact that when you came on in episode 11, we talked exclusively in prayer because you're a big believer in prayer, like we all should be. And uh, so I knew we were headed in the, in the right direction, even though we didn't kind of chat, not even a minute before we kind of started recording this. So did you find it easier, perhaps maybe, and maybe easier is a bad word, but do you find it easier because of your experience in ministry and like walking through valleys with people that when you now are placed in a valley, like for instance, with your daughter going through that health issue or any issue, do you find it easier or do you find yourself the same? fallen, broken, sinful guy who kind of doubts? Yeah, I guess it depends on the circumstances. Uh, you know, certainly there are times when I felt like, you know, a warrior of faith. And there's other times where, you know, I had someone from my congregation just look at me and say, Pastor, you got to man up. You know, so, <laughs> That's always um, feels good, huh? Yeah, it's always nice to know, yeah, that you need to yeah. man up. But yeah, I... I you know, I think that faith instructs you that God has been faithful. One of the things that David wrote, he said, Oh, hear me, Lord, when I pray. Uh, you are the God of my righteousness. You have relieved me in the past. And, and that, that little section there, it's, it's basically the, the words that he in Hebrew described making an, a space during a battle. So that you're not being crushed by the battle, you're not being surrounded and just smothered by people. And what God does, He doesn't take you out of the battle, but He gives you room to fight, he gives you mm. room to defend yourself. And and it's not even about that. What what David is saying is that God, you got a good track record. Whenever I called on you, you were there. So I'm just going to assume you're here now again. And so you know, the more these little valleys, these journeys through the valleys that are dark and shadowy and scary that you go through. Well, they're not good to go through them, but you learn something about God. And he teaches you something about yourself. And, yeah. and he really teaches us that we're better together. I mean, mm. you know, we're better together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but and I kind of asked that question, kind of knowing a little bit the answer because, uh, you know, obviously you're, you're a human being and I, it, but that is kind of the human condition, right? We, sometimes we get it and sometimes we don't get it. Right. Exactly. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I was just talking to somebody the other day, as far as doubt goes, they were talking about their doubts. And I said, you know, in the Bible, in the new Testament, there was this whole group of people who absolutely knew what they believed. They had not a single doubt and they knew they were right every time. And they were called Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes. I said, they're the people that Jesus really had a hard time with, you know, yeah. doubts. 
I mean, you know, it's like doubts that actually lead us to the place of understanding and faith. So, so how would you, uh, and I, and I think I probably know the answer. If you had to give me one solid kind of like go-to thing to fight worry, anxiety, fear, what would you say as, you know, as your perfect advice there? Yeah. Well, you know, it's hard to say one thing, but, uh, you know, certainly to know that God's in it with you, you know, that you're, you're not alone. I think that's, that's a big thing. But Mm -hmm. the other thing is to, you know, for me, I I recite scripture to remind myself of what God says about me. You know, Mm -hmm. the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. No, I don't need it. I don't need a want, you know, makes me lie down. He gives me rest. He puts me in green pastures, you know, he walks me through the valley of the shadow of death, what we talked about. And, and I keep reminding myself about what he says. And then I'm kind of like trying to remind God saying, listen, you said this. I wouldn't even <laughs> be saying this unless you said it. So if you said it, I'm, I'm assuming you're standing behind this still. And so I'm going to trust you. I'm going to put my faith in this, you know, and, and uh, I have to say that often, after I go through, you know, some scriptures that I've, you know, memorized, committed to memory, and just, you know, just become part of my life, my faith journey calms me down. Yeah, he calms me down. It's it's like, you know, Jesus could do one of three things with water, right? When you're getting when you're threatened by water. Number one, if you can't get past the water, well, you could part it. If he doesn't want to part it, he'll teach you all to walk on it. And if it's a stormy weather, We'll either teach you how to get through the storm, or he'll calm the storm. Mm. You know, one of the things that we have to realize is that we sit there, we try to figure out how we can get out of the situation where it's because it's so scary. And God doesn't need to know that. He doesn't need to have options because he's the one who makes the options. You know, it's like, yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, you know, to, 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 to really remind yourself of scripture, to remind God of what he said in scripture, you know, and then realize he's there with you and he loves you. Yeah. So what do you say to that person maybe listening today that, you know, doesn't know much about the Bible? When you say reciting scripture, that's a, that's a big, scary, maybe thing for somebody who, who doesn't even know how to read the Bible, like to get anything out of it, let alone memorize it for, for a purpose, say, you know, for the sake of purpose in it. And then, you know, just like, you know, prayer is kind of a weird thing. We talked about that last week in the podcast, like, Boy, I feel kind of uncomfortable when I hear someone pray out loud. I, you know, I would never do that. So, but the person who's listening today who has maybe this anxiety is gripped by fear, is finding themselves worrying all the time because maybe there's a job loss or maybe they're just literally afraid for their life during this this virus a pandemic. What advice, as kind of like your pastoral heart, what would you give them to kind of you know face tomorrow and to kind of move on and and still pursue? Uh, living, but without this fear of worry in, in, in their hearts? Yeah, you know, I think uh, what I would encourage them to do uh, is to realize that God is probably not listening to your words in the first place. Hmm. He's listening to your heart. You know, in fact, you get this encouraging word in the, in the Bible that tells us that we don't even know how to pray. And because we don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit actually intercedes for us. And the remarkable thing is he doesn't even use words. It says he uses groanings that are so deep, so emotive. So he's, God speaks to God. If, if I, I, mean, I don't even know what I'm saying, but, you know, in the Trinity, somehow God yeah. is speaking to God in a language that has no words. It's emotion. And so 
my thought is, don't worry about the words. He's looking at your heart. He's looking at how you feel. He's looking at the concern. And he's taking those and he's modulating them or amplifying or somehow through the Holy Spirit and speaking them to God the Father. Who's being moved by that. So, you know, you're never praying alone. It's always at least a duo. And if Jesus is always interceding for us, it's always a trio. Hmm. That's good because kind of connecting on what I just mentioned right before you got on, that this idea of attention is kind of the new form of worship. And, and so I was really asking the question of what has our attention this morning? So, or what has our attention throughout the day? Is it the attention of worry and anxiety or is it simply placing your attention on the God who loves you and you don't necessarily have to know the right words to say or understand scripture from cover to cover, but just giving your attention, your thoughts to God and he, and he hears that. You kind of answered that perfectly. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Dan. I think that's a great, great way to, you know, if you focus on or give your attention to what's you know, really frightening you, it becomes your God. Mm, yeah. You know, and if you let God be your God, and what's scaring you no longer is your God, you know, and yeah. now God is the God of it. Yeah. And I think probably your day would be a little bit different if you switch your attention and focus on the God who loves and cares about you as you were talking about. And uh, I think you're just, your perspective changes. And when you when your perspective changes, you see who God is and what he's doing in your life and how he's providing for you. And it's not all doom and gloom, e- even in a worldwide pandemic and a shelter in place and all the restrictions that are on us in spite of possibly losing some income or maybe having some health concerns, there's still a God that is bigger and more overarching than the, than the trouble we're experiencing. And I, I think that's the good news of not only this podcast, but also of the gospel and what God has provided for us through Christ, right? Yeah, I agree. You know, not only is there a God who's over the whole thing, but God the Son actually experienced it all. I mean, yeah. he knelt down in a garden and said, God, there's another way, right? There's yeah. a different way of doing this, right? You know, I mean, he was really concerned about the cross and what he was going to have to go to. But he finally said, you know what? My father is God and, my hmm. fa- and I trust my father. So we're going to do it your way. Let's do this thing. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Wayne, that's a, that's a great place to kind of end here. And uh, for, for those listening, what I really love about Wayne is the fact that, you know, we kind of went back and forth today with some questions, you know, over text and stuff. And what I love about Wayne is I barely hit on any of the questions that he gave me uh, to kind of go over, and he had all the answers that were great. <laughs> so I knew uh, I knew I couldn't stump Wayne, but he was ready with an answer because it's not something that you're just making up. It's something that you're living out, and it's in you and through you. And when you take God's word seriously, and it's the living word, and it makes a difference in your life, it uh, shows up in the way you live your life, but also how you speak and communicate. Uh, God's love and God's passion for people and God's care for for us. And that was pretty evident. So again, Wayne, thanks for uh, joining us and thanks for all your wisdom and your heart for people and uh, wish you nothing but continued not only success in your ministry, soul uh, priority, but also um, just good health and, and make sure your family is uh, uh, doing well. And it was great to hear from you. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me. Uh, our love to uh, you, Nicole and the kids and the grandkid, right? No, no grandkid yet, unless you know something I don't. <laughs> oh, oh no. man. Well, maybe, no it's grand- prof- maybe it's a prophecy here. I think so. I think so. Wow, that was that was scary. I almost fell off my little stool here in my studio underneath the tub here. So that was that was pretty frightening. No, there's no grandkid yet. 
So we're not going to spread that rumor around, but I would like one in the next, uh, you know, maybe year or two. So we'll see about that. So anyways, Wayne, thanks for joining us. Uh, For you out there in the listening audience, thanks so much for just listening to these little different podcasts we're we're putting out on Sunday mornings uh, in kind of lieu of our Pursuit Church uh, service with all the craziness going around. So if you're not a regular attender to our community of faith, obviously you are welcome to kind of join us on these podcasts that are released every Sunday morning. And we hope that through your faith in Christ that you are not only finding hope, but forgiveness of sin and a peace that passes all understanding that you know that no matter what you go through in this life, you know that there's a God that loves and cares for you because of how he took care of you by sending his son Jesus to die on a cross, to rise again, and to defeat your two biggest enemies, which is physical death and spiritual death. And Jesus provided both of those victories in and for us in that relationship. So thanks for joining us here on the Move the Beans podcast, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye, folks.